everybody to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker. With me as always, my co-hostess, Victoria Monday, and down in the chat room, Alina, moderating the chat. We have a fantastic show coming up for you tonight. Paranormal investigator Shane Pittman is with us. Special treat tonight. Of course, uh, most of you will recognize him from the Holzer Files, but he's been a paranormal investigator for a long, long time. Uh, equipment technician, really interested in picking his brain this evening. Uh, we had a great conversation there at the Michigan Paracon about a month ago and uh, really excited to bring him on Edge of the Rabbit Hole this evening. Uh, before we get to him, though, real quick, we have... Had a uh, before the show started, we had a two dollar super chat from Robert Hanna. So we want to recognize Robert for that. Thank you very much, Robert. But without further ado, Shane, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it was uh, really great to finally meet you there in Michigan. Got to talking with you a little bit. I mean, you. You're a great guy. I mean, super nice guy. Um, <laughs> and I, I kind of got that feeling from you watching on the show anyway. But uh, it was great to you know finally get to chat with you a little bit. And so um, you really appreciate you coming on here. No, I appreciate so, it. No, we, I mean, you were right across from me, too. So that was really cool. We got to see each other uh, the entire time. So it was really awesome to meet you there. Yeah, just staring each other down. No, <laughs> that's it. That's it. I had to refrain a little bit, but I was like in awe. It's like Mike Ricksecker is over there, and you, you know, <laughs> author walking the shadows. I mean, man, I, yeah, I was like, man, I've because I've been on your show in the past, and it was just kind of crazy, just seeing you there and, and meeting you there, and we were like right across from each other. So right across cool. from each other, which was which was great. And you know, right. during those downtimes, we got a chance to chat, which was really nice. So yeah, um, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a great event in Michigan, and you were there with Dave and Cindy, and uh, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about uh, the Holzer Files here. So it was you guys had a two-year run, and it yeah. kind of surprised everybody there. I think it, it was in August, I think right before uh, the Michigan yeah. Paracon, that the announcement came out that it was no more. So yeah, yeah, it's what, um, what can you give our viewers here? Because <laughs> I know they all want to know. Well, it basically it all comes down to viewership, right? And I think the viewership was not exactly where they were wanting it and decided, you know, that they were going to not renew it at the time. That doesn't mean like in the future that they may not pick something up. But, um, yeah, they decided against it. And, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that are that are really upset. We're heartbroken over it because, you know, as you know, Mike, I mean, there's so many more cases of Hans Holzer that we haven't we haven't even scratched the surface with so you know to abruptly stop it like that is hard you know it's hard and I know it's hard for everybody else too um but you know all of the viewers and everybody out there it's, has been fantastic and their their support is what keeps us going and doing new projects and doing things so we're very appreciative of everybody who tuned in to watch it and were introduced to Hans Holzer and his work. Um, I think that's the most important, you know, he was a pioneer in the field, still is a pioneer in the field. And um, he kind of laid the groundwork for a lot of things and his work needs to be um, valued and it needs to be, you know, reviewed and, and expounded upon. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, I, I grew up reading Hans Holzer, um, you know, you know, it's been an absolute honor to be friends with his daughter uh, Alexandra, uh, right? Who you know you've actually worked with in the past, uh, which is really interesting with uh, some of the hunts with Holzer. So you had already had a rapport with her before the right. show, which is right. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people don't know that. I, you know, I was studying uh, all of the pioneers in the field, and and Hans Holzer was one of the main ones. And I came across, you know, his. Holzer method, you know, where he would just take a notepad or he'd take a recorder and a trusted transmedium and he would go to work. You know, it wouldn't be all of this fancy, anything fancy other than that. And I was like, what is this Holzer method? What is this all about? And that's how I reached out to Alexandra and she explained it more. And the more we talked, we were like, you know what? Um, let's work together. Let's do stuff. And and we did. And she came down to Lumpkin, Georgia. We were at the Bettingfield Inn, did an event there, a uh, home with Holzer event. And um, she's just 
such an awesome person. I mean, anybody that that has the opportunity to meet her, I mean, she's a wealth of knowledge in her own right. Um, mm -hmm. Her her father taught her a lot, but she knows a lot of stuff too. So. Um, yeah, absolutely. She's definitely a fantastic uh, investigator in her own right. And yep. uh, for our viewers, we're going to have her on the show in, I think it's about a month and a half, sometime in November. So stay That's tuned awesome. for for that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, you know, I, I thought the show was a great way to bring the newer generation up to speed with the the work of Hans Holzer. And like you said, you guys were just really touching the surface with his cases there that, you know, there's there's so much work that he's done over, over all of those years. Uh, let me ask you this. If there were to have been a season three, which of his cases would you have been interested in delving more into? Uh, that's a very good question. I would have loved to delve into some of the cases that were involved, not with just the ghosts and the spirits, but with the uh, UFO phenomenon. He did a lot of cases that were not just spirits and ghosts. So, man, there's trying to pinpoint it. I don't know, but I would like to expound upon that avenue instead of just the spirits and ghosts aspect. I think that would have brought a kind of a new flavor to the paranormal as well, because you have this pioneer in the field who everybody thinks is just a spirits and ghost guy, but he was not. He was so much more than that. So to expound on those cases, I think would have been great. Yeah, I, I agree. There's a lot of crossover within the field that I think people don't necessarily realize that, you know, paranormal, UFO, uh, cryptids, there, there is a lot of crossover between the different fields and they're all connected to each other. Right. Absolutely. And and they're equally as important. You know, I, I think that we see these crossovers and we're like, OK, this is for these people over here. Or this is for this group of people over here. But that's not the case at all. It's unexplained. It's unusual. It's the paranormal, regardless of which uh, different level of field it's in. It's still the paranormal. And I think we all need to have a respect for it. And at the same time, if we call ourselves investigators, we need to go out and actually investigate and those claims too, not just the ghosts and the spirits aspect. You know, I think all of it deserves attention. Absolutely. Victoria, I'm going to hand it to you because I've kind of uh, taken the first few questions here. Well, okay. Can you tell us about your new project? <laughs> no. 20 oh, questions. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> look at you. Right she there. went right there. She went right, right there. Because you guys, right. you know, everybody from the Holster Files does have new things going yeah. on. I knew Victoria was going to go there. That I, was, that I was, was you, very good. I'm smooth. <laughs> what parallel was it at? Um, I don't watch TV. I work in TV, so I don't watch TV. I've done master control since a long time. And um, I watch yeah, I, ha I have an aunt. I have an aunt that does master control, too. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's very cool uh, oh my so the project i can tell you that we filmed a project for a major streaming platform and that's all i can say um can you and, do like an interpretive dance and kind of tell us what it is, <laughs> is it ghosts I'll, I'll, I'll do that when we're not live i'll do that when we're not live um do some but, charades for us yeah yeah and, and and i will say i will say that the project was life-changing it's it's something it's one of besides holder files and all of that it's one of the most rewarding things that i've ever done hands down and that's not just to um promote it per se but it's legitimately one of the most rewarding one of the most challenging things that i've ever done and i cannot wait for everybody to see it was it, can you tell us if it was more paranormal or was it more metaphysical or was it either or, or did you? Um, I, I can say yeah. that it was, it was within the same vein of, of what I do. So it okay. like, yeah, I have to be very careful on how I say everything, but yeah, it's, it's, um, paranormal related. Yeah. You can tell me cause I know where the meadow is and I haven't told anybody. <laughs> so, you know, Trey Hudson. Yeah. I you are on Trey you know, just <laughs> relentlessly to get that location from him. I know where it is. <laughs> and you know where it is. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, but, but sometime <laughs> next year, Shane is, is what we're looking at for. Well, release. that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Um, you know, of course with 
you know, this industry, you never know. It could you never know. It could yeah. it could be whenever, but that's when I'm assuming it would be a sometime next year. Yeah. That would be amazing. Can y'all do like a Halloween special, like throw them all together? And... That would be great. <laughs> yeah. I would love to do that. You know, that would be the the best time for it. But, yeah. you know, it's, ultimately it's up to them on when they decide they want to they want to go with it. So well, that way you could say goodbye to your fans for now. Goodbye for now. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you all you all have things going on. I mean, you have a new project, Dave and Cindy, Alexandra. So it, it's not you know goodbye forever. It's just new avenues, right? And we're still out there too. Like I know uh, in October, I have three three different events coming up. Um, so we're still out there trying to interact with the people that make it possible for us. I mean, it's all because of you guys that we're even able to do this work. You know, so we're very thankful for all of you and all the opportunity we, or any opportunity that we can go out there and meet you safely, because I know the climate and how the wor world is right now, it's it's yeah. difficult, but doing it as safely as we can, um, just showing our appreciation to all of you, because, you know, like I said, it's because of y'all that we're able to do it. So we're still out there, you know, it, whether it's, on a show right now or not we're still out there trying to continue our work trying to continue our research and and um, do everything that we can yeah that's fantastic so we got the holster stuff the holster file mm -hmm. stuff out of the way and i'm sure there'll be some <laughs> questions from the uh the viewers as we go pertaining to that but let's kind of um let's take a couple steps back here uh, a okay. little bit and you know what what sent you down this path? And we all we all kind of have an origin story as to where interest lied in this phenomenon. So, where did yours start? Well, when I was very young, and of course you get we get that a lot, right? Like, yeah. oh, I've I've had experiences when I was younger. Well, my first one was when I was six years old. It was um, a vision, and it would take me pretty much the entire show to explain that. But it was something. <laughs> when I was six years old, um, that I went to my mother with, and she's like, you know what, that, that actually has some validity to it. You know, of course she said it more in layman's terms, but, um, <laughs> she's like, yeah, you had a profound experience. So from there, you know, I got up into my teenage years and I was having more experiences that I couldn't explain like door slamming in my room. Um, and nobody was there, things like that. And, once I got a little bit older in my teen years, I started uh, going to the libraries, different book, any books that I can get my hands on um, with the pioneers in the field, the Hans Holzer books, the, you know, any books I could get my hands on, I would go and I would try to research as much as I could about what was going on in my life and some of the experiences that I was having. And then once I found out in early 20s, late 20s, found out there was uh, engineers and inventors out there that were that were creating different tools and uh, pieces of equipment that could test the atmosphere and test different things that was going on in my life. I was hooked at that point. So that's where the tech aspect came from and where my love of the paranormal came from. It, was, it all started with me trying to figure out what was going on with me so I could potentially help other people. And um, then you know, here I am now and I'm no expert. You know, we'd like to say, well, there's experts in the field. And I, I'm not saying that there isn't, uh, there's a lot of people a lot smarter than me. Um, but I'm continually trying to grow and trying to learn. I think, especially in this field, you can never stop with that. Like it's, it's a continual thing that you got to continually, um, immerse yourself and study and research. And, um, so that's where I'm at now. Just, uh, started from things happening with me <laughs> branching out into trying to help other people and i uh, here i here i am today so okay i have a question Fantastic. now Go ahead, <laughs> um personally i like to experience things more um than gather evidence because i don't feel i need to prove to anyone i mean right. it's nice to say hey look what happened um yep. which do you feel do you think it's more important to have an experience or is it important to get that evp or or, or get a picture or something well, you know, I think in the beginning, when I was first starting out, it was all all about gathering the evidence because mm -hmm. for me, it was like, okay, can I 
have this experience recreated that I had in the past or whenever I was younger. And then now it's like, I think we're all at a point, especially in this field, that um, we're all at a point that we don't have to prove it. We know it's out there. We know something mm -hmm. unexplainable is going on. But why is it happening now? That that's that's kind of where I'm at. Why is it happening? How is it happening? And you know, try to get those answers because I, I I know that it does happen. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to figure out what it's all about. Yeah. You know, so I'm with you. The experience, yeah. and you know, and you could. T there's a lot of people out there that um, they'll say I've I've had an experience, and you can't say anything. I mean, they are dead set. Okay. Yeah. You weren't here. I know what I experienced, you know, so you can't dissuade them from that because that's what they believe. On the flip side of things, though, you have people that said, man, I'm 65 years old, 70 years old, never had anything happen to me. So I'm trying to trying to figure out why is that happening? Why are some people experiencing things? Other people are not experiencing them. Um, does it start in the mind? Because that that that's another really big question I have because I think that a lot of the paranormal experiences are legitimate but is it a process where it starts in our mind and then vent and then it goes out like is there something that happens on a physical level first that allows us to see certain things you know so I'm, I'm trying to like and God, I, like I said, we could be on a show for like hours and hours just talking about this stuff. But that's, that's OK. We're going to two hours tonight. That's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. She's been trying to get a two hour show for a while. <laughs> right. Right. But, but you know, it's, it's yeah. those types of questions, like trying to dig deeper into why, like, because I can get a recorder and say, OK, oh, I hear a voice. Mm -hmm. But where's that voice coming from and why? But not just, oh, I get a. Uh, get out or uh, leave or whatever. Why? Why are we getting these types of things? You know, trying to dig deeper into that, you know. Why? So that's where I'm at. Now. So, so what do you think? What What's the theory that you're working with right now? Oh, <laughs> man. So I have a I have a few of them. Like I I think in certain cases, um, I think that sometimes it's not spirits or ghosts at all. I think a lot of it is our bodies and the energy that we are putting out there. Um, and I've used this analogy so many times, but you know, like whenever you walk into a room and two people have just got done fighting, but you walk into a room, you don't know that they've got done fighting, but you can feel that tension. It's something that yeah. your body is picking up on, but not just you're picking up on the energy that they were releasing as well. So I think a lot of times there's things going on. And I think that is something that, uh, the people involved is kind of releasing out there. Um, why is that happening? How is that happening? I don't know. But it's one of those things where I'm not just going to automatically jump to, oh, there's a spirit here or there's a haunting here. You know, I want to dig deeper into, okay, what's going on on a personal level? I'm not trying to dig too deep into people's personal lives, but okay, what's going on? Were there things going on uh, prior to all of this? and kind of expounding on that. And I think there's a lot and reading your book, Mike, I mean, like you're talking about different things. Uh, it, it could be interdimensional. It could be something where it's it. Maybe it's not loved ones at all. Maybe it's more than that. Maybe we're having, you know, dimensions kind of merging together and right. we're experiencing another reality, which it blows my mind to even think about. But you know, that's a possibility as well. So I've got kind of a few different theories up in my head trying to figure it all out. No, that's fantastic because you're leaving the door open for a lot of different possibilities. And yeah. it's, you know, to me, it's like, you know, any or all of these things are legitimately on the table. Right. Yeah. Because it's the, right. We call it, it's the unknown. So we don't know anything. We can say all day long, oh, we know this. And I think in certain topics, we may know a great deal, but as a whole, we're still, we're still learning. We're still trying to figure it all out. And that's why I think that there's so many out there, um, like you, like Victoria that are so interested in this stuff is because the search is still there. There's still a lot of unknowns. There's still, we're, we're all trying to find the truth and whatever that truth is, 
you know, that could be a personal thing. But I think we're all trying to find the truth. And that's what makes it so exciting for me, you know. Is this by any chance the premise of your new show? Just asking. Asking for a friend. <laughs> you are so good. You are so good at that. Um, she, no, she's not going to love that either. <laughs> and but we're no, Facebook friends, not. so prepare for the emails too. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, so, it's not. But. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, I want to get to some of these uh, questions from the uh, chat real quick. And okay. Where did it go? Oh, here you go. Uh, this is from Betty Lange. Do you feel streaming platforms will eliminate the TV shows one day? Hmm. Um, short answer, yeah. But I think we've all we've all known that for for a long time. I think that you know cable TV, how. <laughs> You know how it was 15 20 years ago to where it's at now i mean we can see it i mean numbers yeah. don't lie you can see it out there um so i think eventually it may be heading in that direction when that will happen fully i'm i'm not sure but i think it's yeah, heading and, and and to me that's a good question because a lot of people when holster files moved to discovery plus yeah. a lot of people threw up their hands and yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't the fault of you guys. And I know you guys got blamed <laughs> by a lot of people. But it wasn't just us. It wasn't just us. It was everybody on Travel yeah. Channel. And to your point, yeah, it. I understand. I understand why people were upset um, to a degree, you know, because and, and then it's during the pandemic. So it's kind of hard. A lot of people right. are trying to trying to move money around. So it's, it's very difficult. So, I mean. For everybody out there, I, I I genuinely understand the frustration and things like that. But at the same time, I think that's where it's moving. And, and like even in my case, what I did was I just got rid of my cable package altogether. And I yeah. think I'm paying I, for three or four different streaming services, maybe $35, $40 a month. But it's yeah, a lot less than what every, the cable package Right, uh, so much yeah. less. So e Even with my uh, internet, the wi-fi package um saves so much more money doing it that way and you know for some people it's hard because they live out in the country so i get i get sure. those those are those are individual cases but you know for the overall majority that that's an option is to is to get the the different streaming uh platforms and then just save money that way um but again, I understand the frustration. I think that that sure. was partly why maybe a, a third season wasn't in the cards, um, you know, for this. Just year. because of the backlash from moving to Discovery Plus. Well, well, maybe maybe not the yeah maybe not the backlash, but maybe the viewership, like how how the viewership was viewed because mm -hmm. of the switch. I think that could have played a part in some of it okay. as well. Yeah, could have could have. So, yeah, Sarah, Yusuf that's all speculation. Has this, uh, Oh, of course it is. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so Sarah Yusuf has this question that is right up my alley. What is Shane's take on shadow phenomena? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, see, I'm going. It's going to be a little. Uh, it's going to be a little different because I read your book, Walk in the Shadows, <laughs> um, recently. So um, I think there's a lot of different. It, it could be interdimensional. Um, I'm leaning towards maybe inter interdimensional and in, in my personal okay. opinion, just from, just from reading your stuff and from personal experiences, it could be um, maybe a, a cross between interdimensional and, you know, spirits, ghost phenomenon. I mean, cause I've seen mm -hmm. apparitions before. Um, to be honest, I, I'm, I don't know, uh, but I'm leaning towards interdimensional, maybe a cross between maybe sometimes the spirits and ghosts, but. Uh, that's be a where number I'm of different things. Yeah, you're the pro with that. I'm, 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 I'm on the fence. I don't know. But I'm always interested in hearing. So I'm glad Sarah asked the question. So I'm always interested in hearing uh, people's opinions on it, or if they had a you know particular experience with with a shadow entity and in what that yeah. would have been. So yeah. Yep, and I have. So I'll take... I have, I have a couple of times um, experienced it, and on, even on the Holzer Files, the uh, mm -hmm. the Morris Jamel Mansion. Um, saw a shadow figure in the corner. That's what made me jump and leave out of the basement. 
Um, and yeah, it, you know, still to this day, people are like, you know, my 12 year old daughter wouldn't even run. What, what is your problem? But see, uh -huh. but, but people are saying, you, people, people are seeing maybe, you know, uh, one and a half to two minute clip, right. uh, but you don't realize how long I've been down there. You don't know the circumstances. It, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of compounding things. And, and I've, I've always gone into investigations with kind of opening myself up to if there are spirits here what were they feeling at the time or if they are trapped how are they feeling and trying to get into that space and whenever i do that you know I, i'm opening opening myself up emotionally and even physically like to be touched or whatever and in those cases it's very real moments and it's one of those fight or flight uh, things that happen and i just let it go and wh whenever i fly i fly but I always go back and finish the job. But yeah, so I saw a shadow figure in the corner of the Morse Jamel Mansion. And um, it's clear as day. I mean, it, nobody else was in there with me. So it's, it's just so intriguing to, okay, how did they manifest that way? It, it's It's got to be a lot of energy that's being exerted, that's being used how is it even happening? You know, that's where I'm at now. It's like, how is this even going on? So. Yeah. Well, one thing um, people on TV are seeing it like in the, uh, with an IR camera. Yeah. But you know, we're down there in the dark. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We're Something down there. Is in the dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't the see all that detail story. when you're actually down there. Yeah. You're like, what just touched me? Oh my gosh. Okay. But yeah, right. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of like you. I'm like, okay, well that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, you're seeing it on TV and it, it's made, it, it's put in a package for you, but mm -hmm. it, there's a lot that goes into it. And, and, you know, it, it investigating the cases and doing all that stuff, you're invested like to yeah. a degree that even the viewers uh, don't really know because, you know, a lot of the behind, behind the scenes stuff, they're not there for and it's not their fault but we're we're invested on a, a multitude of different levels like mentally emotionally um invested in the story itself hearing a lot of the story itself and whenever you put all of those pieces together you're going to emotionally respond sometimes whether that be tearing up whether that be running out of a place because something happens it's just overwhelming at the time it's there's a lot of factors that go into all of it yeah plus it takes yeah, your own it, energy yeah right Sorry. yeah it, no it's, it's fine but the, the show has to be edited down to about 42 minutes and yeah. you're there for several days mm -hmm. and, and people don't realize you know, how long the investigations are because you're investigating for hours um, yeah so yeah and we're there sometimes five or six days just for mm -hmm. just for one episode um doing a lot of interviews doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff so yeah there's so much that goes into it not getting a lot of sleep either so i think sometimes yeah. that that mm -hmm. adds to it because it, well and dave kept sticking in these small confined spaces so yeah how dare <laughs> that? No, people are saying that too but you know i think again i i love dave to death and he's he's a true leader it, it's one of those things where he knew that putting me in those spots Number one was going to challenge me. Number two, he knew how I investigate, how I open myself up a little bit. So he knew that a lot of times we may get some results doing it that way. So, you know, as a leader, he's going to try to position people in the best possible scenarios to further the case. And I believe that's what he did. And, you know, he caught a lot of flack. And sometimes he caught it from me behind the scenes <laughs> that they they bleeped out a lot of stuff that I said right. to him. Um, but, you know, now looking back on it, I'm so thankful because he's taught me so much and it's taught me to be a better investigator. So if I get that out of it, you know, it's all worth it. Did y'all ever employ the um, I think it's called the Estes, Estes method where you're blindfolded yep. and you're listening? Yeah. Yeah. Was that so, ever in the so, show? I don't remember that. Well, part. Okay, so we kind of did a, a, a something like that with the Howard Dickinson uh, house. I did that for a little bit when I was down in the basement alone. 
but that's something that I employ a lot on uh, in my personal investigations and, and stuff is, is stuff to do with sensory deprivation um, because, you know, like the Gonsfeld and even mm-hmm. the Estes, sometimes it mimics what an intuitive or, or a psychic would pick up on. Right. So I was like, okay, if we don't have um, them with us, then we can do things to kind of mi- to mimic that and try- maybe produce results. So, um, yeah, that's what I do with my team, the searchers. I, I, I utilize a lot of those methods um, just to see what type of results it yields. Because, you know, there, there's it's one thing. Yeah, we're in a dark, we're in the dark, and we're sitting there. Uh, but if you cut off your normal senses, your normal way of hearing and seeing, um, it's going to force your body to go into this, whatever it is that maybe the, mm-hmm. the sixth sense and, and to be more in tune with what's going on with your surroundings, with what you've got. And if you cut off these, the vision and the, the hearing, um, things happen and it, it's happened in, in a lot of the investigations that I've done. So. Yeah, because I'm claustrophobic and the times I've done that, I can only do it for a little bit. And then I'm like, I'm on overload. It's like, stop, you know. You, you yeah, it's, it, <laughs> it, it's rough. It's mm-hmm. it's rough. And that's why it's good to have people with you to kind of watch your back and to make sure that, especially people that know you, um, so to watch those warning signs, to watch if you're getting too uncomfortable. Because, yeah, you, you know, it's good to, you know, to do all of these experiments, but you got to be careful because sometimes you're opening yourself up to things that, right. you know, maybe it's hard to close that door. So it's good to have people there watching your back and making sure that everything is going okay. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple more questions here from the chat. Uh, Private for a reason asks, what investigation hit too close to home on an emotional level? Mm, for the holes or files, I... There was a few, um, but I, I would say the most impactful was the Barnstable House. So it was in season one. Uh, it was the season finale, and of course I was in a basement again, and um, you know I got spooked. I, I saw something running around the corner, got spooked, and I ran out of there. I left my recorder, everything. I left everything down there and just ran out, and upon reviewing that recorder later because i went back down to get it and finish my investigation so people saw me running out but i went back and um you know the whole story was there there was a girl that uh could have drowned in a well there and uh a young girl her name was lucy and uh so the recorder whenever i reviewed it it said uh and it was in a girl's voice it's like does no one hear me Oh, and yeah. on, on an emotional level oh, yeah. with, yeah, uh, yeah, because I'm, I have four kids on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what, because again, I go into that headspace. It's like, I ran out of there. What if, you know, there's, and even children being trapped is, is hard for me to even think about anyway. Yeah. But what if there was somebody down there and they're like, you know, does no one hear me or can nobody see me? And they're reaching out for help and not getting it. So I, I think on an emotional level, that was probably the most impactful for me because it showed me, um, it put a lot of things in perspective for me. Why are you doing the shame? Is it is it just to get evidence? Is it just to have these experiences? Are you really trying to figure out what's going on? Are you really trying to help um, these spirits or whatever they are that that you're coming in contact with? It put a lot of things into perspective and it changed me. I mean, that, going forward in my investigations, I've, I've really went into it more with a personal um, care about the case and, and the potential spirits that are there. Yeah, I remember that episode and um, I remember thinking after watching that, that, you know, we really got to see you as shane the person in that episode rather yeah. than you know shane the yeah. tech guy and so it kind of you know, really brought that that human element into it it was like i, I like this guy 
yeah, that was yeah well i appreciate that now it that it was i was doing everything i could possibly do not to like break down um yeah. that because you got it, pretty choked up of course so that, i'm yeah. yeah, I got choked up, but I, I think I did a pretty good job. It could have been a lot worse. I could have done a lot of ugly crying and stuff. But um, see, what, oh. what people, but it really, what it people... really humanized the moment, which yeah. I thought was fantastic. It wasn't just yeah. about things that go bump in the night. It was like, no, this is, you know, this this was a girl. This was a person who really lived, and that emotion is still there, and you're interacting with that and having your own human reaction to that as well. So it, it really brought that human element yeah. to the whole thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I listened to that. I, I swear to you, it had to have been 150, 200 times. Um, I, I believe it was a few nights before, uh, before the actual, um, evidence view with Dave and Cindy. And so this had been on my mind nonstop. Like I couldn't think of anything else other than does no one hear me? Like it, it it's, it's one of those things like I'll never forget it. It's hands down probably one of the most impactful cases I've ever done. Yeah. So do you have any on your new show like that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yes. Good. Good. Okay, good. You have to wait and see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which actually since Definitely. since Victoria went there, there is a question here <laughs> out of the chat about the new Jeez. show. I know okay. you're not gonna be able to talk about it, but uh, from Pimp Paranormal Shane, with your next show, how much control will you have over the end content? I can't say. Um, yeah. Let me. It. Let, let's just say that I'm. I'm. I'm closely involved. I'll just say that. Good. Good. Nice. That's, That's all I good. can say though. Okay. Uh, another question here from Gina. Uh, Shane, tell us more about an individual, uh, how an individual may be the energy cause of activity in manifestations. How does this happen or can happen? Um, it, you know, that's something that, that's, that's still being researched. Um, how, how can we feel tension in a room? You know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with we are all energetic beings. I mean, like our whole body is like it, it's run through like a, an electrical system almost like our brains especially firing off um different things so i we're energy beings and with that i think you know we can exert different things i think even yeah, there's been some studies like how adrenaline comes into play with with how energy is exerted and different uh biological things and if, physiological things that happens so right now it's a it's a big question mark i do know that it happens though like i've seen it happen um i've done cases to where it was it was the case uh even on holzer files we delved into it just a little bit with the devil in texas case in in season one with lydia and there was a lot of things personally going on in her life that spilled over into the paranormal realm and you know a lot of the stresses and things that were happening in her life was manifesting and you know again it's it's, it's a big question mark is it's why is that happening i know that we are energy beings but how is it happening and and if it does happen like this just how powerful are we as individuals? So that that's something that's a big question for me, because I I, th I think we don't give ourselves a lot a lot of credit to how powerful of 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 beings that we are. We don't give ourselves a lot of credit, and I, I don't think we've even scratched the surface of of what we potentially are able to do. Yeah, I absolutely mm -hmm. agree with you. And let me ask you this, because um, you've kind of talked about. You know, your evolution uh, as an investigator and just from mm -hmm. listening to you talk it, it sounds like you're kind of transitioning more from tech into the metaphysical side of things is that a fair assessment yeah it is a fair assessment um there's been a, and again some that i cannot talk about but there's been a lot of different things that i've experienced that uh 
has really made me scratch my head and just pay attention to different avenues of things. And I'm being vague, but that's because I can't really say too much. But I, I will say whenever I say there's been life-changing things happen, it, I'm 100% it, it has. And I'm guessing you're kind of alluding to, to the new show a little bit because you you said that was life changing. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it, it's life changing experience, and and that's all I could really say. But I right. Um. Yeah, the metaphysical. It's more. Um. Just. Yeah, the gear will get us so far. Like you know, I, and I love the tech, and I will always love the tech. Mm -hmm. But sure. it only gets us so far. Like there's there's only so many things that we can evaluate and test and then we can create other things to evaluate and test other things but you're going to do iterations of that over and over again just with different pieces of gear and pieces of equipment but i think to your point going beyond that we have to go beyond there because we have those things but if you don't have a, a healthy balance of the two we're never going to figure out what's going on we're just we're going to continue sp spinning our wheels and really getting nowhere. So I think we have to have that balance. Yeah, I think a lot of that's also, um, we're moving into the Aquarian age and the more that we open our minds, the more that we speak these things, the easier, the easier yeah. they are to say, and they're not sounding as goofy as they used to. Um, you know, now we can open, <laughs> well, you know, when I used to talk, oh, Mercury and my, yeah. you know, but now I say, hey, guess well, what happened you know, yesterday? And I know? think, <laughs> Right. And I think people are more receptive now. And, yeah. and I think that's, that's because, you know, I grew up in the South and I live in Me the too. South now. Me and too. It, yeah. And, and, and it, that, that Bible belt, you know, there was a lot of barriers, a lot of, a, a lot of things that were built up to where nope demons or nope, this is evil. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now I think it's getting to a point where people are like, okay, well, there might be more or there, this could be added to what our belief system is. Right. Um, it doesn't have to take away or be something separate. It could just be something that we can add to it and further, you know, try to explore it. Um, so I think the, the being, the people being receptive, that is playing a huge part in us being able to expound upon different things that were taboo at one time. Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, and I think that's been a, a great thing, a great aspect of the television shows like The Holster Files is that um, by putting these stories out there and showing others that, hey, you know, there are people that are having these type of experiences that it's allowed people to open up and accept that this is a phenomenon that happens in our world. And so I, I think it has made people more comfortable in telling their own stories and experiences as well. I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, I, I think in talking about it, and it's just with anything, yeah. not not even the spiritual, but just communication in general. The more you talk and the more you communicate, the better the situation is, whether it's with personal relationships, whether it's with a group of people, the more we can communicate and share ideas and share personal experiences, the more we're going to learn the more we're going to open up to other possibilities. So yeah, I think communication is key and, and is, is something that we need to have on the forefront of what we're doing or it's all gonna fall apart. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and uh, Victoria is, you, know, you kind of uh, made the mercury. Uh, yeah, comment. that was yesterday. So, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, and there's, <laughs> and there's Sarah. Mercury's in retrograde right now, I know. Yes, I, I badger Sarah but that, all the time. But that's where, yeah, Victoria is. Victoria's all about the metaphysical. I grew up in metaphysical. Shh, don't tell anybody. But I'm here in the Bible Belt too. Oh. But you know, I got my little metaphysical right. peeps over here, and all my little tarot card readers over there, and my this and that over there. And uh, it's like I have a secret life. <laughs> but, yeah, you know. Yeah. 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 I think more people are embracing. Yeah, it. you know, not, I. Yeah, I have family members right now that's like, you know, that fundamental Christians, you know, mm -hmm. and they're like, Shane, what are you doing? You know, even to this day, um, really close family members. Um, they're still loving and and supportive, but they're like, you know, you got to be careful. You got to. 
guard yourself, which, which is true. I mean, you got to be careful in, in things that you don't have all the answers to because think you can open yourself up to things that you don't really understand what's going on. But it's true, but you know, it's the same time, you know, they're like, Whoa, hold up. I don't want to hear any of that. Um, or I don't want you talking about it because it can spill over into my life and th- you know, right. so, uh, we still got a lot of work to do, but it's, it's getting better. It's yeah. getting better. Do you do anything in, in preparation for an investigation? Like a lot of people try yeah. to protect themselves, yeah. guard themselves, ward themselves, you know, others just yeah go right into <laughs> it. So, well, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of, um, Number one, it's like just meditation techniques, the breathing, you know, getting myself in the right headspace. Because I think, and you know, Hans Holzer, he talked about this too. It's like, it's, it's all about intent, okay? And we talk about it a lot, but intent is so important. Mm-hmm. If you go into something expecting all the evil and the negative to come out, that's nine times out of 10, that's what you're going to get. If you go into it, with a positive goal and positive mindset, you're going to get something positive out of, out of that. It's just intent in everyday life. And even in what we do is so important. So I do that. Another thing that I do is I immerse myself in the data, right? So I research and I study because if, if you go into something blindly and you're not prepared and that way you don't know what's going on. Sometimes there's, there's, you know, times for that but i try to go into it with as much data as possible so that way i can have a critical thinking mindset going into stuff and not just like oh there's a ghost and spirit here you know try to (laughs) dig a little deeper into okay what's going on with this case what's going on at this location and then trying to deduce from there okay is there something paranormal going on um and then go that route but i think I think research and study is so important as well. Um, there's a lot of thrill seekers out there. There's a lot of people that, that are in it for the thrills. And I understand, I mean, it's, you know, it's an adrenaline rush, but if you're really wanting to propel the field and you're wanting to excel, being a thrill seeker is, it's, it's, it's not going to, it's not a lasting thing. I think you need to be in it for the right reasons and and go into it with a love for the truth. And if you have that, then, you know, it's okay. So basically I'm going around in circles here, but I I try to ground myself mentally, uh, go into it with a critical thinking mind, study and research and kind of immerse myself in the investigation. And if there are spirits trapped or whatever, immerse myself in that experience. Yeah, I, I like that because I also like to know as much about the location and you know what's going on there. Uh you know, before I I get there. Um and, and some people try to throw out an argument of, well, I just want to I want to go there and see what happens without this predisposition toward um you know what the hauntings are supposed to be. But um I've always found that I could use, you know, we, we talk, you know, trigger objects like, you know, maybe a coffee mug or whatever, you know, something to try to trigger a reaction from the spirit that's there. But I've, I've discovered in my own investigations that I could use information as a trigger object. Have, have you found the same? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, one thing, Mike, uh, to expound on this a little bit, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, with that argument, and, and I get it, it, you know, especially for an intuitive or something, I get not having the information, right? Right, but, for like a psychic medium to try to get impressions, right, yeah. Right, Ab- absolutely. Like, like and, with Cindy on the show, she wasn't given any information, yeah. Never, never. In fact, yeah. sometimes they would fly, they would send her somewhere else and she'd be completely unaware on a town mm-hmm. over or whatever. So it was, yeah, they were very good about that. But think about it this way, okay? Would you go to somebody's house that you didn't know, barge in there and just start asking questions? Be like, hey, you know, no. If you I were going this. to visit that's a, somebody. That's the exact same example I use all the time. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, if if you were going to go and visit somebody, you would want to study up on them. Maybe, you know, and of course, you would phone call. You, you would 
try to find out as much information as you could about them before just barging in saying, hey, what are you doing here? And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? This is my house. Why are you here? You know, so I, I think in, in that case, you just need to you study to show yourself approved. I, I do the Bible Belt stuff, study to show yourself approved unto God. Well, I study to show yourself approved with the material, with the location that you're going to. You know, it's um, it's just important, you know. But again, if intuitively and medium, I, I get the argument. Right. And yeah, you don't need to have the information because you need to have that validation, um, you know, from the spirit world. And I get that. But, you know, most investigators, stuff like that, it's not the case. And you need to study and research. Make sure you're prepared. See, I'm just the opposite. I'm, I go in totally blind, but I have somebody with me who knows what's going on. And okay. then I'm just, I'm just a little golden ray of sunshine, you know, and I'm just out there talking to people. <laughs> it's true. And, well, and, know, and, and still, I and still, friends, and you know. still you have somebody, right. Yeah. And you still have somebody there that, that knows what's going on. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's different ways and different avenues to do it and that's fine. Um, you know, and, different methods work for different people but you know it's just and in my case i try to try to research as much as i can just just that way i'm i i'm going into it knowing what's going on as as best i can and then if there's unexplained things going on i can say okay well you know from what i've researched this was the case or this wasn't going on Mm -hmm. you know and try to piece the puzzle together that way yeah, because in in most cases we're we're talking with people. They just don't have you know the the body anymore. So, right, you, you think about if you're at some sort of social event or whatever, and you're kind of mingling and you know talking to other people. Well, if you know a bit of information about a person before walking up to them to try to find out, you know, to try to start a conversation, you have that piece of information as a conversation starter rather than just going in cold. Yeah. So it it always makes more sense to me to have that information available rather than, yeah, just kind of cold turkey, the whole thing. Yeah. And I I wouldn't want somebody coming up and sticking a recorder in my face being like, all right, so talking to this right now, you know, tell me (laughs) talking to the blinking light. Who the hell are you? Yeah. It's like, who the hell are you? Get out of my face. You know, that would be a great EVP. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. But if somebody came up to me and said, Hey, you know, you know, I heard your name is Shane. I heard this and this about you. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more? I'd be more receptive to that. And I'd be like, okay, well, yeah, yeah. My name is such and such. And, but it's just somebody coming up out of the blue, just saying, Hey, tell me your name. Blah, blah, blah. I would not be receptive to that. Tell at me all. your name, and turn on the light and to... close the door. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, we, need to, we need to be considerate. <laughs> we need to be considerate of that. I think that's why a lot of us get the get outs and the leaves. Mm-hmm on uh evps is because they're like who are you guys get out of here this is my house i I think maybe changing our approach we may get even more results you know from that i have a funny story to tell you later but not on air so (laughs) cool cool Uh, question here from Sarah Yusuf, and we're getting down to the end of the show, guys. If you have any final questions, please feel free to uh, send those in, and Alina will forward them my way. Uh, but Sarah asks, have you noticed any particular energetic frequency ranges that seem to encourage paranormal activity? Wow. So that is... You're getting highly technical um, here. A very, that, that, that is, that is a, a, a very good question. And, and the name of it is, is, uh, it starts with a B. I cannot remember. Um, a lot of people use it for different healing frequencies. I cannot remember. Help me out, Mike. You may know this a little bit more than. Oh, begins with a B. Binaural. Yeah. Binaural. There we go. So, yeah. So I've done some. <laughs> Victoria had it. That's yeah. very good. Great. So, so I've, Thank you, Victoria. So I've done You're some welcome. different, I've done some different experiments with that, um, sensory deprivation but with the binaural frequencies and i've had results with that and i i i I don't know what causes it but i think that uh even using those the binaural beats and the different frequency ranges there um 
does something physical um, and maybe even more on an emotional and spiritual level that produces results sometimes. But that's a very good question. It's 538 megahertz. And what it basically does is reboots your brain so you can rewire with some fresh ideas and stuff. There you go. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, and, and and that goes back to you, yeah. does a lot of this a lot of this paranormal uh, phenomenon originate with a lot of us in our mm-hmm. minds, and then transfers out. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. So that's so learning new yeah, stuff here. All right. And see, pin paranormal. I use by oh, neuro yeah. meditate before an investigation. Oh, All right. No. <laughs> it is. It is highly beneficial. Highly beneficial. I would recommend it. Yeah, they even have them now where it's like in rain sounds, so you can listen to them and you're hearing them subliminally, and all you hear is rain. Yep. So they're great. Yep. Fantastic. What any other? <laughs> yeah, no. Any other um, tips like that for for people looking to investigate or or, or be able to conduct a, a better investigation? Uh, yeah, I would say that's one of the biggest tips and and i've used that as far as meditating before an investigation i think also getting your headspace right and sometimes that means um different things for different people i i know that some some people i investigate with they'll listen to music headphones on not talking to anybody else but they'll listen to music beforehand music that soothes them may not soothe me their type of music may not soothe me (laughs) but it does something it does something for them that gets them in the in the right right headspace and allows them to be able to focus and and um you know more focus on what they're they're trying to accomplish so i would just recommend to people make sure you're in the right headspace if you've had stressful times things going on um, just consider what you're doing before you go into it because sometimes that can throw you off throw you off track it could cause things to happen that maybe you don't want to happen. So just make sure, if at all possible, try to be in that right frame of mind going into it. And like I said, it's different for different people. Binaural beats sometimes would be helpful. It helps me a lot. Music for certain people will help. Um, but that's just the main tips is make sure you're in the best frame of mind that you can be before you start an investigation, because that's very important. All right. Uh, last question here from the chat room, because we got to wrap it up here in a moment. What's the deal with investigators going to another country that speaks a different language and they ask questions in English? <laughs> yeah, you know that's a very good question. Um, I've often wondered that myself. But you know, here's my take on it. Who's to say that uh, you know the barriers that we have here in the physical? are the same barriers that we have in spiritual. That may not be the case. Uh, maybe there isn't language barriers on the other side. Mm-hmm. So even if even if you're asking something in English and you're getting something back in English, who's to say that that language barrier is there? Um, we can speculate. I know that I've, I've had a lot of investigators that go overseas that will get, uh, that they're in different countries and stuff, they will get English responses. But again, that could be if they can manipulate different equipment to communicate. Don't you think they can communicate with you in a way that is going to be relevant for you? So if they're able to manipulate a piece of equipment, I think they're able to to supersede that that language barrier and 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 communicate and say what they have to say. You know, again, a speculation on my part, right? You know, that that's the explanation I would have for that. All right. Very cool. Well, uh, we are at the end of the show, but uh, Shane, you have a lot of events coming up. So uh, real quick, how can people find you and what events uh, can they find you at? All right. So it's, uh, you can find me at officialshanepittman.com. I'm on Twitter at Starring Shane, Facebook, Shane Pittman, uh, Instagram at Starring Shane. I have three events coming up. October 7th through the 10th is uh, Virginia City. It's the Comstock Con. I'm going to be at the Washoe Club. We're going to be investigating. I'm going to be with Aaron Sagers and author oh, cool. Janice Oberding. And 
Then October 22nd to the 24th is going to be the Scarefest in Lexington, Kentucky. And October 29th, I'm going to be with my buddy Josh Purvis of the Searchers uh, at the old South Pittsburgh Hospital in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. So go ahead and get your tickets if you can and uh, come meet me and investigate with me. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Shane, thank you so much for joining us this evening. It's been great catching up with you, talking with you some more, and having you on the air tonight. Well, thank you all so much for having me. Y'all are awesome. Mike, you've always been great, man. I've known you for a lot of years and and, uh, And known of your work for a lot of years. That's right. That is right. So, so that that's like that. That's even icing on the cake. But I really it appreciate is. you, man. Uh, <laughs> really proud of both of y'all of, of what you're doing, and um, you know, keep up the good work. I really appreciate everything that y'all do. Oh, it's so nice to meet All you right. finally. 